Welcome back to the Running Wine Mom podcast, where we dive deep into the world of fitness and motherhood. In today's episode, I'm excited to be joined by a very special guest, my sister, aka the Hot Mess Mama. As a busy mom of two young children, she knows firsthand the challenges that come with trying to maintain a healthy-ish and active-ish lifestyle while raising a family. We'll be talking about her fitness journey, the highs and lows of motherhood, and how she manages to balance it all. We'll also discuss some of the biggest misconceptions about fitness for moms and share some tips and tricks for staying motivated and making progress towards your fitness goals, no matter what your life circumstance may be. So whether you're a mom looking for inspiration and guidance or just someone interested in the intersection of fitness and parenthood, you won't want to miss this episode. Let's get started. Welcome, my sister, Allie. How are you tonight? Hello. How are you? I'm doing I'm doing good. <laughs> Good to hear. I'm glad you're going to be my first guest. How do you feel about that? I'm nervous. I I hate the sound of my voice. So hopefully your listeners don't hate it as much as I do. I guess we'll find out after. Uh, you'll get used to it by minute 10, I think. All right. So as you know, we start out every episode with the wine, wine, and win of the week. So what is your wine of the week that you chose? Well, it's not really like my wine of the week. It's my wine 95% of the time, I would say. And it is the Josh uh, Pinot Grigio. It's just like goes down really smooth when after we like get the kids to bed and one of us, we finally get to sit down on the couch. I typically will always pour this in my glass and it's just, it's, it's not too sweet, but it's not too dry. So it's just the perfect perfect taste and it's not expensive at all which is why I really like it (laughs) always agree I like a cheap bottle of wine for when the kids go to bed I also love Josh Pinot Grigio it's one of our top picks for just being around the house we like the Pinot Grigio a lot I'm actually having some Pinot Grigio right now so cheers if you cheers yes having any way either All right, so now that we talked about your wine of the week, what is your wine of the week? I mean, mornings are pretty crazy around here for the most part. I typically get the kids. Tim's already off at work. He's a teacher, so he's already off at work by the time that I wake up and um, get the kids out the door and ready for the day. So the other day was like literally a shit show. Um, Carter just started wearing underwear to bed overnight. He's potty trained like throughout the day, but at night we just stopped letting him use. Well, no, we didn't stop. He chose to stop using his pull-ups and is now using underwear. And he did really good for a couple of nights. And then on Wednesday morning, he woke up completely soaked his bed was completely soaked so that's how we started the day off was that I had to like immediately change him take all the sheets off then we like got on with our morning Max got up I got him changed into his outfit we're just about ready to leave the house and Max I knew pooped so I went up to change him and he had pooped through his whole entire outfit too so then had to rechange him get him all cleaned up put the outfit in the shower to clean all the poop off of it. And oh my gosh. we somehow managed to like kind of get out the door on time ish. So I was just gonna say, how late were you? <laughs> it wasn't terrible. We've we've gotten out the door later. Okay. Well <laughs> I'll that's say that. good. All right. Well hopefully that <laughs> is the only day that, that happens. All right. My wine of the week 
this week. It's not really like too crazy and doesn't really have anything to do with fitness or family, but I hate being stuck in traffic and I had to go out to UPenn on Wednesday afternoon and it was like one o'clock. So I figured on the way back, wouldn't hit any traffic and it took me like Were you on 76? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know how that goes. <laughs> and definitely ruined my afternoon and I had to go back to school for conferences. So it was just really rushed. And I really didn't think that I would be hitting traffic at 1 p.m. on a Wednesday, but apparently it never is on clear. 76. It doesn't matter what time of the day. Yes. All right, so now that we have the wines of the week, what is your win of the week? So my oldest child, Carter, he's three and a half, and he really loves freezing cold baths. And even if we had it, like, slightly warm, you would think that we were, like, pouring scalding hot water on him. So when we give him and Max baths, we have to do them separately because Max can't be in a freezing cold bath. And this week, we put Max in the Otteru for the first time and Carter thought that it was really cool. So wanted to get in the bath with him and it was warm water and he got in and he loved it. Aww. And he was so excited to just like be in the bath with Max and told us how much he really liked. Oh, <laughs> so now we're able to give them baths together instead of two separate ones. That so is that definitely, definitely a win. Yes. <laughs> it's little, but with Carter, that's, pretty normal stuff yeah (laughs) I definitely agree that's definitely a win double bit having them my other win was that I had my year review my year of review at work and it was really good that's good especially considering you were out on maternity leave for a little while so congratulations and and you got a little bonus for Robbie being there for six months right (laughs) our brother Robbie yes yes our, our younger brother graduated college in May, and he, he got the job himself, but I recommended him to work at the same company that I do, and there was a referral bonus, and he just hit his six-month mark, so I got it. <laughs> That's awesome. Congrats. Those are some good Thanks. wins. My win of the week was Sunday night. We got an impromptu date night. I had asked mom a while ago if she wanted to watch the kids over President's weekend at all. And she said she'd take them Sunday. And then Mark was able to get off work a little bit early. And we were able to go out for like a late dinner. And just having grandparents in general for the kids is always a win. And having them help is really nice and I know they had a great time at mom and dad's and with you guys and with Carter and Max and that's always a win in my book. Before we get into the fitness and motherhood part uh, I wanted to ask what currently are the three things that you're most proud of in your life or that you've built in your life? Well definitely being a mom is my number one thing that I'm most proud about. Uh, We The second one would definitely be that we have such a close relationship with not just our immediate family, but our extended family as well. And then just kind of to like piggyback off of being a mom is that I feel like I'm proud that I don't just let motherhood define me and all that I am as a mom. Mm -hmm. I still feel like I like to be my silly self and go out and be with my friends and not just like, I mean, I love my kids more than anything, but like mama needs a break. So yeah, I hear that. <laughs> like, 
I don't feel like I just 100% in the mom mode all the time. Like I know how to still have fun and be around other adults. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I'm, I'm pretty proud that I've kind of figured out how to accomplish that. Yeah, I think that's definitely something that a lot of moms like struggle with is losing their identity in motherhood and losing friendships in motherhood and trying to figure out who you are when you become a mom versus who you were nine months before. So and I, I do think our family does a really good job of not slowing down. And like, yeah. showing that you can have date nights and go out with your girlfriends and go out with your like family and stuff like that. So I think that's definitely something that you should be very proud of. All right. So now we are going to go into the fitness part of the podcast. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about your fitness journey from childhood to now? Yeah. So I played sports pretty much my whole life from the time, I don't know, we were like four to I played college field hockey. So like after I stopped playing sports in college, um, to what your point was in your first episode that you felt like you didn't really know how to work out. I felt like the same way. Like I would just kind of go to gyms and wander around, run on the treadmill. I, so I just kind of kept joining countless different ones, like hoping that I would find one that was a really good fit for me. And Orange Theory was definitely my favorite one that I joined. And I felt like probably because it was the closest to being an athlete again, where I had Mm -hmm. a coach and they were telling us what to do and how to work out. I loved Orange Theory. That was by far, I felt like my favorite type of workouts that I would get post-college. But then when I got pregnant with Carter, I immediately quit because Mm -hmm. I was afraid to work out. When I was pregnant, even though the doctors would tell me it was completely healthy, I knew plenty of women that worked out during their pregnancy. It was my first one, so I yeah, it's scary. Just quit. Yeah, <laughs> and then just like pretty much ate ice cream on the couch for nine months until I had him. What was it, Ben and Jerry's, um, that you would have a pint yes. a night? <laughs> yeah, I mean maybe not a night, but like at least once a week, I would. Yeah. finish a pint of Ben and Jerry. It was your signature <laughs> pregnancy dish. Yeah, that replaced my wine. Yeah. So then after I had Carter, we went into the pandemic when he hit eight months. So kind of like going on walks and running with the jogging stroller was an outlet of getting out of the house. So I did that. And then probably in 2021 was the first time that I consistently started going out and running again. And I just kept setting goals for myself every month. And so from like March 2021 until I got pregnant with Max, I felt was was probably the most in shape and healthy that I had been since I played sports in college. And then I got pregnant with Max. And then I immediately stopped working <laughs> out again. And so now he's about nine months and I'm hitting the warm weather is starting to come out and so I'm hoping to get back into running again I feel like consistently that has been my main source of working out is going for runs and it's always just kind of for my mental health too so Max and Parker are about two weeks apart and our first was our first postpartum 5k the run now wine later in New Hope was that for both of us in October so it was that was like I did definitely start running earlier after I had Max and I did with Carter, mm-hmm. like I started running again pretty much after I got cleared with Max, literally just to train for this 5K where I would drink wine at the end of it. That was like my only motivation. And it then is. it's torrential, torrential yeah. downpour. 
the whole run. And so, like, we got one glass of wine and we were like, it's too cold. Yeah. So, is it worth it? <laughs> it was a fun day, though. I do love that run. It was. And the year before yeah. was when you said that you were pregnant with Max. So, you didn't run yes. it the year before. Right. Interesting. Yep. Yes. So, all right. So, I guess we are technically like the family that runs the 5Ks on Thanksgiving morning. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Oh my God, never after a holiday. I would never do that after a holiday. <laughs> that is where I draw the line. But I do like five, I do like fun 5Ks. Yeah. So what was your best and worst memory as an athlete? Well, the best, I mean, there were like, there were so many of them. It was like hard to choose from. But I mean, definitely in high school when I scored a thousand points and mm-hmm. in basketball, and then in college, I played field hockey at Fabrini, and my junior year, we won the championship, and it was the first time in school history, and there was 23 seconds left on the clock when we scored the winning goal, and mm. it was just, oh, it was just the best. Everyone was there. It was a big celebration, and it was just really cool to be a part of history because no other yeah. team had done that before, so That's that was a big one. It was really exciting, and then we won it again my senior year, too. But as far as like worth, I I can't really, I couldn't really think of a really bad one, but just the last time that I played in my last game for any sport, my last swim meet, my senior mm-hmm. year of high school, my last basketball game in high school, and then my final game in field hockey in college. It was just, they were always bittersweet because they had been sports that I played for so long. And then to just know that I would never play again mm-hmm. was always just a really weird feeling. So I would just say those were probably, it's not even like it's like the worst, but just the bittersweet yeah. moments of playing sports. Sports, yeah. So then after you were done college, kind of were saying how you didn't really know how to work out without being scheduled for a practice or a game. Like, what do you, what have you found post-college with what motivates you to stay active? Like almost like what's the um, point? <laughs> yeah, what's your no, why? I mean, yeah. I, yeah, I would, I would honestly say like my mental health with the because, like I said, my main form of fitness is going for runs, and um, just with the pandemic of us being stuck in the house for so long, it like yeah. definitely with me for a while, and that was always my outlet, and that, and just like I mean, in general, like it's just nice to have an hour to yourself where it's like you have nothing else to worry about and you're just jamming to whatever genre of music that you want to and just kind of like just thinking about everything but not like in a negative way just you know not having little people needing Mm -hmm. you for that full hour like yeah I just think it was really good for my mental health and Tim was always like you know, do what you got to do. Like, <laughs> yeah. Fit for, for your sanity, go take an hour, go for a run. And then I kind of always felt like I would like come back like a little bit more refreshed and ready to take on round two of the day with the kids. Yeah. So I totally agree with that. I think it's definitely for my mental health as well. And just having that time is really important. What do you, now that you're back at work, how do you find, do you find it much harder to manage your time? And what is your, what tips do you have for balancing it amongst like work? As far as, as far as when the chance to like run again or balance. Yeah. That's I, I mean, if I'm being honest, I haven't worked out since I've been back at work because it's, 
I work like a nine to five job. So by the time that, you know, especially if I'm going into the office, when I get home, yeah, it's almost six o'clock. We eat. I get to hang out with the kids for like maybe an hour, hour and a half after we're done. And then they're going to bed and then I'm not going to go out for a run. No, I agree. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of, and the mornings, Tim wakes up way earlier than I do with the kids. So unless I'm going out and going for a run at like 4 a.m., which is not no. what I really want to do, it's it it has been really hard. So yeah. I'm just kind of hoping, like I said, March of 2021 was when I really got back into it, when I got back in like, you know, probably the healthiest that I had been in a really yeah. long time. That's what I'm. my goal is for this March is that it'll be lighter out later, you know, I'm, I do get to work from home a lot. So as soon as I'm done, I can go for a quick run and then still be back and have plenty of time with the kids. But I think I definitely just need to find that motivation of, all right, as soon as I'm done the work day, just immediate, especially when I'm working from home, just like immediately yeah. go and run right after that. Because if I start playing with the kids or getting into something else or doing some laundry, I won't wind up doing it. So I think I just kind of have to get back in the headspace of, all right, it's nice outside. It's only light for this period of time. So just go out and run and do it. Yeah, the light, when it's dark at like 4 p.m., it's so hard to find that. And that's even, you know, I am definitely a morning workout person, but I just haven't been either since going back to work. And if I don't have a class scheduled, you know, at like, 5.30 or, you know, 5 o'clock, I'm not going to the gym. And when the kids, it's the same thing for me. When the kids are asleep, I'm not doing anything. (laughs) I don't want to do anything, like chores included. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, you'll find it. And this is, you know, this is just a season, as they say. So if this is a lull in your fitness, then there's nothing wrong with that. You are definitely getting enough running around with the two boys. (laughs) So speaking of the boys, how do you hope to instill health and fitness in them? I mean, I... I just hope that they would like to be involved in sports the way that we were. Mm-hmm. I felt like not even just from a fitness part of it, but just a socialization part. Yeah. I made some of my closest and best friends that I met when I was four and five years old yeah. that I'm still so close with today. And they were people that I met through sports. So I just kind of hope just for that aspect that they just get into sports. And I don't want to put pressure on them to be like, you have to play this sport because I played this sport or because Tim played this sport, especially when they're younger, they're just going to try whatever. And eventually they're going to find one that they really love. And I feel like a lot of kids these days, they're playing numerous sports and in the same season and that's how they get burnt out. So I, I, of course, want them to be active and play a sport, but I don't want them to get to the point where they're like, this isn't fun for me anymore. Yeah. So many of, like, my, you know, best memories growing up were a part of being on a sports team, and I think mom and dad did a really good job of not pushing us into doing too much, and if we did get burnt out, then being like, okay, it's fine. You don't have to continue to do this if you're getting to this point of being burnt out. As so, soon as the season was so over. Just, they made us finish the season. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Suck it, suck it up yeah. for the rest of the season, but you don't have to do it next year if you truly are not happy because it shouldn't be It shouldn't be a chore. It should yeah. be something fun. And, I mean, of course, it's not, it's not always 100% fun, but I just feel like I met so many wonderful people throughout the years and coaches mm-hmm. that have made such a huge impact on my life 
by playing sports. So I just kind of hope that for the kids. Like I'm not going to make them get up at like 6 a.m. and do sprints outside. Make them go out back and shoot left-handed layups. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I was a really good basketball player because that was our punishment and I was in trouble a lot. So (laughs) left-handed layups. It, 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 it helps me. I like to attribute myself being getting into trouble constantly to eventually scoring a thousand points. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> See, there's something good out of uh, all your trouble. Yeah. All right. So that's going to kind of conclude the fitness part and we're going to get into the parenthood part. All right. So now we are going to transition into the parenthood aspect of the podcast and the first thing that we have to start off with because my sister's alternate Instagram is hot mess mama where she shares some of her highs and lows of parenthood and I want to know why are you the hot mess mama I mean I feel like I'm just winging it 99% of the time I feel like and a lot of my life I, I am a planner but I feel like as a mom I'm like let's just like see what the day brings us today and I think that's where you and I differ a lot in in our parenting style is that you are such a planner and like have everything, (laughs) have everything. This is, this is how things are going where I'm like, I mean, we're just gonna, we're going to figure it out. It's going to be fine. I mean, the first time that Tim and I went to the pediatrician after having our first child, we just straight up forgot the diaper bag when we went there and Carter pooped through his outfit and we did not have the diaper bag. So we did not have a spare outfit for him. So we're literally like the doctor's giving us wipes and we're just wiping <laughs> the poop off of him and putting him back on. His poopy di- outfit. Back on. <laughs> yeah. It was like poopy outfit back on. And then Tim is like, did he pee on you too? Because your shirt's all wet. And then I remembered because it was like my first time out of the house since having him that I didn't put <laughs> the pads on and my boobs were leaking (laughs) what a way to start so I was like yeah no this is I'm never gonna be that mom that has it all together we're just gonna like be what's it like fly at the seat of your pants is that what yeah I think so like I I just feel like that's how we are 90% of the time and I just I mean I don't know I just never really take myself too seriously so I think that shows in my parenting style. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny because when you had Carter first and then obviously I had Willow and I think I was kind of like, okay, so what books did you read? How None. did you prepare? And you're like, nothing. I'm like, nothing at all? No? Okay. No. Like, <laughs> I did not read I did not read a single parenting book. I was just, you know, I got some advice from other people that were moms and I mean, that's how but it I used knew, to like, be, right? Like, before the internet yeah, and like, all that. To me, it doesn't matter how many books that you read. Like, every child is different. So things that worked for you with Willow maybe wouldn't work for me with Carter. Or, like, if I was giving you advice, like, when you were pregnant with Willow, and I'm like, this is all the stuff that worked for Carter, and you tried it with Willow, it just may not work. Like, Yeah, it can be more frustrating for some people. Yeah, know. when you're like, why did this work for this baby? And it didn't work for mine. So I kind of, you know, we just kind of like made our own playbook around here. And we just keep trying things. And eventually we find something that works. But I even know with Max, 
we set super, super low. We set the bar very, very <laughs> low. We were like, this is going to be awful. We're going to have two kids. It's going to be a mess. Like we're going to have a newborn and a toddler that's running around. We're, we're not going to sleep. And we set the bar so low that I feel like Max was a pretty easy baby that we were like, oh, yeah. All right, this isn't bad. Just like set really low expectations for, for parenthood and and you'll win. And you'll win. You yeah. will absolutely win. Um yeah. like, this is better than I thought that it was going to be. So cool. Yeah. Okay. Well that's yeah. <laughs> Listen, everybody's just winging it, which is like and and for me, I feel like being a teacher and and first of all being a phys ed teacher where I'm in organized chaos like all day long. When I actually had kids, I was like, I I don't really understand how people who aren't teachers have children <laughs> and raise them because I had just spent the last 15 years learning how to deal with children and how to handle them and all the experience that I had with my mental state and like, for you to just have a child <laughs> It's, it's it's pretty remarkable that oh, there's all these kids running around yeah. in the world that don't have teachers as parents. Not that teachers make the best parents, but I guess like just from my perspective personally, I don't know how mentally someone can just like have a child and not have had training in any part no. of it. <laughs> I don't know. It's Again, not to like offend. I hope I don't like offend anyone by that, but it's just hard for me to grasp that that's how people are doing it I I feel like that's got to be really difficult yeah and like I again like I feel like you definitely and I'm sure you have your freakouts with the kids too but I feel like you're definitely like if Willow was having an internship you'd be like all right whatever you just like do your thing over there or uh because like that's what you've been yeah kind of trained to do like literally like cursing you out yeah like all right that's cool like I'm just gonna write you up and we're like I'm like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> yes, I get like multiple temper tantrums daily during my, uh, you know, I've probably dealt with tens of thousands of tantrums and I feel like my brain is literally numb to it. I even feel like I can block out sound ridiculously because I have to do it all day long. Like I can be having a whole conversation and there's mass chaos going on around me and people are like, how are you even focused on this conversation? I'm like, I literally wouldn't survive in my job if I somehow didn't yeah. adapt to this. So I think in parenthood, when the kids are crying, that is an advantage of being a gym teacher. <laughs> it's just being in loud noises yeah. all the time. So do you think that in our family, we grew up in uh, with both sides of the family, you know, dad being 100% Sicilian and mom coming from an Irish Catholic family that there was always lots of kids around like do you think there was a pressure to have kids growing up with that and having lots of little children running around I don't think so I think if anything it kind of made me more excited to be a parent because I know how close we are with all of our cousins and that's obviously what I want for our kids too. So I think seeing our, especially like on dad's side, like we're so close with all the girl cousins and they were all moms before us. And so seeing them become moms and their children all being really close, I'm like, this is, this is exactly what I want too. Yeah. And, and I just love how big our family is. And 
how much everyone loves each other. Yeah, <laughs> no, I definitely so, agree with that. I think that it was more, I think it was definitely, I, I, I didn't feel pressure at all because of that. I felt, if anything, it was more, this is going to be so much fun when we have like little mini me's running around yeah. together yeah, too. It's, I feel like I have like a mixture of both where it's like, I didn't realize that you didn't just have to go to college and get married and have kids because that's what everybody in our family did. And we were kind of brought up with. And then I realized, oh, that's not what I have to do. Maybe this isn't what I want to do. So I definitely didn't want to go the path of kids and the typical path for a while until obviously I changed my mind. But um, (laughs) now it's a good choice, I guess. Um, Yeah, I guess. (laughs) With that, do you think that you – so right now you have two kids. Do you think you'll have – a third in the future? Do you think that's on the table? And I have a follow-up question to I, why I'm asking this. <laughs> I I honestly do not know. I think maybe if we had a boy and a girl that we would be like, all right, cool. We have one of each. We're good. But I don't know. And it was really annoying to me when I was pregnant with Max and knew that he was a boy. I'm still literally cooking a child. And people are like, are you going to go for the third? Are you going to go for the girl? And I'm like, can I get this yeah, one, one out first and like <laughs> see how he is and see how I do with two boys? Like, I don't know. So I honestly have no idea. I mean, of course, I would love to have a girl because I love the relationship that we have with mom. But I also think that that relationship probably didn't get to where it is right now until we were done college and everything. I do not want a girl middle school mm-hmm. and high school. I was awful. So I can only imagine what the girl version would be. <laughs> Gosh. So, and it was like Tim being like, Tim teaches middle school and he was like, I do not want a girl yeah. specifically <laughs> for that reason. So like, I might just find to be the cool aunt to Willow and then Ava just, on. Yeah on Tim's and then I could give them all back when they yeah, start going, getting the attitude. Yeah, that's, you know, not a bad um, idea. And then I don't know how I would do with three boys. I love being a boy mom so much. I totally have all the boy mom shirts and boy mom bracelet, and I fully embraced it. But I don't know how I would do with three boys if, if that's what the third one wound up being. And Max is very, I mean, you know, he's only nine months right now, but he is like, such a good baby that I'm like yeah. I don't know if we can duplicate this yeah. like I don't know if we really want to press our luck so <laughs> to I to that question I don't have a, I have no I have no idea okay. we're gonna we're, we'll we'll reevaluate yeah. it in like another year <laughs> okay so one of the reasons that I asked is because you're a middle child Mark my husband is a middle child and he before we started having kids said he will not have an odd number of children he we're either having two or we're having four and obviously we are not having four so two it was but he did not want to have a middle child and um I guess like does would that play a factor into you having a third no right I guess not. no I mean I I feel like I have like a love-hate relationship with being the middle child I feel like when we were younger I definitely hated it Mm-hmm. And I think that was just me being a brat that I was the youngest for nine years before Robbie came along. And then all of a sudden, yeah. this new baby took all my attention. And so, yeah, I think I was like looking back on it, I was just a 
a brat about it that I was like, no one loves me. I'm neglected. And that it just kind of became an ongoing, like an ongoing joke, but becoming a parent now, it's already hard enough sharing my time between two. So having two, you and I, and then Robbie was nine years younger than me, having two kids that are so much older and active with a newborn. I mean, props to mom and dad, honestly, that they (laughs) were able to do it. I mean, it looked like so easy from our point of view. And only minimally uh, traumatizing you for for being a middle child. Yeah. Yeah, no, I look back at it now and I'm like, no, I was just a brat and they were incredible parents to all three of us. And I think I was just annoyed that I wasn't the baby anymore is what I think it was more. Not that I was the middle child, but just that after nine years, I had this other child that everyone was obsessed with. But of course, he's Robbie. Yeah, he's the golden child. (laughs) He's the golden child. We couldn't imagine life without him now. Yeah. So... But now I embrace it. I love being the middle child yeah. now. I feel like, like the middle children are definitely, obviously, more adaptable and laid back as opposed uh, to... I don't know about laid back. Well, like... <laughs> um, laid back. All right. Laid back in the sense of you didn't read any parenting books going into parent- <laughs> <Yeah>. motherhood. <laughs> and like, I completely am winging motherhood. Yes. And have no idea what I'm doing. That's... Yes. What do you think the thing that you were least prepared for parenthood was? a pandemic. (laughs) Yeah. No one predicted that. I really think that that was, I mean, and for many people, I really think that was the biggest curveball that I was thrown. I felt we were in such a great routine because I had like a half a pandemic baby. Carter was eight months when COVID happened. So we had eight months where we were just like loving life with this new baby. We were taking him everywhere. We were seeing family We had family to help us if Tim and I wanted to do a date night. We were absolutely loving it. And I do always say that I feel like if the pandemic didn't happen, we probably would have had kids closer together than what we wound up Mm -hmm. having because we just were loving life so much. And then when the world shut down and Carter, I mean, literally started crawling the week before Mm -hmm. the pandemic happened. And I just felt like, we were have have always just been so lucky to have such like a wonderful support system. And then it was like when the pandemic happened, we were on our own. We mm-hmm. were on our own little island in our house, just trying to protect our child. It was so much unknown that we didn't know. And I'm sure I was looking back on it like insanely crazy, but I just didn't know. Yeah, nobody I, really I did. didn't know what could happen. I had no idea what could happen if Carter got it had gotten COVID. And so we were crazy. We didn't see our parents and hug them physically for a solid two and a half months. And looking back on pictures, when I see mom or my mother-in-law holding Carter with a hazmat suit on, like we were crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody handled it differently. Yeah. Yeah. it's, It's interesting because I obviously got pregnant the week I found out the week before COVID started. And yeah, Everything that happened during my pregnancy and postpartum, 
I didn't know any differently. I didn't know yeah, that. Like, oh, this is just your yeah, normal. Until obviously having Parker. And I was like, whoa, this is like, so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> and like, we can bring our baby places yeah. and we can go do things. And so I'm sure if we were doing all those things and it just abruptly stopped. And like yeah. right now, because Parker is eight months old, yeah. it would be really terrible. Okay, so when you were facing the COVID with kids, what do you think, did you have any like unique challenges that you faced or was it pretty much what everybody was dealing with? I mean, I'm sure it was pretty much what everyone was dealing with. It was really hard because I was a working stay at home mom. I still worked through the whole pandemic Mm -hmm. and so did Tim. So we would literally tag team Carter. I would be on calls and would just like have the mute button on as Carter is crawling all around yeah. me and or crying because he needed me. And thankfully, every, because everyone was in the same boat, everyone was so understanding of the background noise that was happening. So it was just so refreshing, I feel like, to see that it, during all of these work calls that everyone's like, oh my God, it's fine that your baby, you're holding your baby while you're taking this call. So I felt like that was, I was not a stay-at-home mom where Carter was just my only focus. I was focused on him while trying to work at the same yeah. time. And it was just my stress level and my mental health was, like, I I I don't think that I ever had, like, postpartum depression or anything. But I do feel, and especially those two, three months of the pandemic, that was the darkest yeah. time that I felt like I ever was during motherhood so far yeah and I know I'm I have to imagine many 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 people were in the same boat as me yeah it's just you know the the unknown of it all like if you make this decision and your child gets it just out of something you know you you never know how you're gonna get it it could be from just touching something or that someone we were were like calling groceries that came in I would make Tim get changed yeah. in the garage oh before Ugh, we, were I, like, crazy. we were crazy it was because mark obviously was going to work through it all and i remember he would same thing like he'd come through the garage put everything into the washer and dryer and lice yep. all everything and it was just like what the hell yeah. is even happening so it, going if you were to go back and just you would know everything would kind of end up where you are today. Like there wouldn't be any other paths. What would you tell yourself in the beginning of the pandemic? Would you do anything differently? Do you regret being overprotective um, or do you think I mean, that was I don't probably... think that I'll, I don't think I'll ever regret being too overprotective of my children. Yeah. I, I feel like that that's, what being a mom is you of course your kids are going to fail your kids are going to get hurt they're going to get in trouble they're going to make mistakes but if there's something that you can do to just prevent that you're going to do it so looking back of course I took extreme Measures. measures and I'm sure there were people that took even more extreme than I did but I would never change anything when it came to keeping keeping my child safe and protecting them but it is really funny to look, look back, back and see our <laughs> yeah. parents in hazmat suits yeah and we're like wow that was a weird time <laughs> so weird so <laughs> I, I personally find that like motherhood is 
all about connecting with other moms. And the one thing that I found when I had Willow was that there was still stuff that was not open. We didn't have mom group, you know, in-person stuff. Obviously, I have my November 2020 moms group, which is what really connected me to the outside world. But what, how did you, is that like one of the reasons that it was so dark for you? Because you didn't have the connection of motherhood to other women? Or did you find a way to connect to them? I mean, I had some of my girlfriends that, had kids of course we would text each other but I still think that we were all we were all like kind of depressed yeah (laughs) even if I don't I feel like I don't think that it would matter how many different people that I had in a group I think we were all stuck in misery (laughs) and what is happening yeah like we were all just kind of in it together I mean I do think like you know like I said the first two months when we just weren't letting anyone even my god the pictures of our parents at the glass door like it's so depressing (laughs) but then I felt like we created a little pod with our neighbors Mm -hmm. who our husbands get out there's six of us all together and the three husbands get along and the three wives we all get along they all have boys too so after a while we just kind of were like well, we're not going anywhere and we're not hanging out with anyone else. So like we kind of made this little, our own little COVID bubble. Yeah. And I felt like once we started doing that a little by little, I felt more and more like, like myself. And it was like, we were this lit, we were this close little bubble and we kind of just fed off of each other and um, we could all relate to each other. And I definitely credit a lot of that to, why I was able to kind of like get out of the funk and start to move forward was Mm -hmm. our little pod that we had. That's great. Yeah. All right. So let's move on from COVID to parenting styles. What do you think that your parenting style is? I feel like I'm a mixture of a lot. I feel like, of course, I always try to be a little bit of a gentle, gentle parent how's that but work for you <laughs> when, when your three and a half year old is not gentling it yes. doesn't work very well to me so I am learning to try to have more patience but just sometimes you just need a good freak out and yeah. I if I've exhausted every other effort and he's still not getting it of course I lose it at that point yeah. I mean, what but else? I do really try to talk him through Max doesn't do anything at this point he's <laughs> yeah. just perfect but Carter is very much in like an independent stage right now and wants to do everything himself and he's not supposed to be doing it of course he gets in this freak out so I feel like I I do try to talk things through first and then obviously if that doesn't work I try a couple of other things mm-hmm. I'm not opposed to bribing my child with something but I also believe that you know there needs to be consequences for things that he does if he's not listening over and over and over again or if he's talking back or if he's just being a not great kid mm-hmm. like I'm I firmly believe there needs to be consequences for that whether it's you know, getting a toy taken away or going upstairs and just sitting in his room for a little bit to try to calm down. So, I mean, I feel like I'm like a little bit of everything. I wouldn't put myself into one box. I'm just trying to do everything possible to make sure that my kid doesn't turn out to be an asshole. So whatever works for that, (laughs) I'm trying. (laughs) 
do you is there something from our childhood that you would implement and also is there something from our childhood that you would do differently with your kids I feel like I always felt really comfortable talking more to mom especially like younger I definitely always felt more comfortable talking to mom I feel like as I've gotten older I can totally talk to dad about anything too but I always just have loved that about them that they they will always listen to us even if they're not like agreeing with yeah what it is that we're saying like they're still always hear us out and I I did always love and appreciate that that I always felt comfortable going to mom and dad if I had a problem of course I would try to fix it on my own first and once that didn't work I felt like I could always go to them so I always want my kids to not be afraid when they make a mistake or that they're in trouble to come to me. And I also, I feel like mom and dad did have that fine line with, they're always going to be there for us, but they're not, they're not a friend. They are our parents. Like they don't want it to get to the point where we're like, oh yeah, we can do whatever. Like my mom and dad don't care. They had a very clear line where Yes, we can talk to them about anything that we feel comfortable with, but... But the responses were, like, in a, Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. Cause I still feel at 36 that they could still ground me. They yeah. still <laughs> are... Even though, obviously, we even have our, you know, we have our own family, but I totally agree with that. I think going to them about things, I remember, especially in the high school years, they were like, we are not dumb. If you tell us, we will listen to you. If we find out from someone else, you're in more trouble. And I feel like when I talk to people about the conversations that we had, they're like, wait, what? Why? And you didn't get grounded because, like, you told your parents that you went to, like, a party And I always felt in the back of my mind, I don't know necessarily yours all the time, but mine was always like, well, I have to tell mom and dad that I'm going to do this if I do it. So I'm going to be more reserved in what I'm doing. I still went out and obviously did all the high school things, but I would always tell tell mom not dad sorry dad um (laughs) I would tell mom and then mom would like listen and be like okay well like let's make a different decision next time or let's adjust what we're doing or you know whatever and I think that's definitely something that I I also want with our kids too it's important yeah um is there anything differently that you'll do I don't know. I mean, I feel like mom and dad raised three pretty good kids. Like, I mean, God, no, we're not perfect by any means. But I don't feel like, you know, I had any like super traumatic childhood issues due to mom and dad's parenting style. And I do feel like even as we've gotten older and we're able to have even better conversations with them that I do kind of feel like they would be more open to like, okay, maybe like we didn't make the best parenting choice when we did that. I feel like they're kind of more open, like just like casual conversation, yeah. not like sitting us down and being like, back in 2007, yeah. maybe I shouldn't have said this too. But I do feel like they can even kind of admit sometimes, okay, maybe that wasn't the best decision we made for you guys either. But I don't think so. I think that I think mom and dad did a good job with us. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I do think you're I'll right. I'll be happy if, yeah. I'll I think be happy if my kids turn out, yeah. Don't turn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I definitely agree with that. I think it's 
every generation wants to do better than the last. And so I think it's just more about what you're doing in your internal family with like your husband. Cause they're, you know, we're not mom and dad. Like we have to yeah. do things differently based on with our, you know, our significant others are bringing different things in from their childhood. So I think that's really like yeah. where things will probably just differ. What was your yeah. favorite family tradition growing up with our family? I mean, I think it's still my favorite family tradition. Seven fishes or? <laughs> seven fish on Christmas Eve, 100%. That's my favorite yes. family tradition. And I guess like, I feel like a lot of it is more for Christmas related. Yeah. But I do feel like that's what most of our traditions came from was holiday stuff. And so I think that's why I have such a love for Christmas because of the traditions that mom and dad had with us. So, I mean, 100% Christmas Eve is my favorite tradition. And I was so happy that we are finally able to do it for the first time in three years this year. And then just a tradition that I brought into our house is that we go out, we pick the Christmas tree. When we decorate the Christmas tree, we watch It's a Wonderful Life. And I know Carter and Max obviously aren't watching it right now, but Tim had never seen It's a Wonderful Life before dating me. And he was like kind of the same feeling about it that we had when we were younger and like saw it for the first time. And I was like, what is this black and white movie that like dad's making us watch? I do not want to watch it. And then like, as I got older and I felt for these characters more, Mm -hmm. of course, it's our favorite movie. I mean, we did Seneca Falls. Seneca Falls, yeah. Was that what it was? Seneca Falls two years ago, and that was just so oh, much fun. Oh, yeah, that so, was so cool. Um, I'm just so happy that Tim embraces my crazy family traditions, too, and that he was on board with continuing that. And I know it's going to take a while for Carter and Max to be into it, but I hope that they'll eventually appreciate it the way that we did. So this isn't a family tradition, but I just feel like It just came into my mind as we were talking about it, and I feel like we have to talk about it, is Indian princesses growing up. (laughs) If you don't know what that is, it's kind of like Girl Scouts, but for dads and daughters. And what was it, like four times a year we would go away with the dads? Yeah, we would go away once a season. Yeah, and um, we would go camping, which changed sometimes because our dads wanted to just say like oh we're going away somewhere so we went to lbi one year and remember they would go out for like paper towels all of them and (laughs) oh yeah yeah they uh, the one time when we went to lbi it was first of all the oldest that the oldest girls that were in there were sixth grade. Yeah, so, I guess like, that's something good to talk called, about. Like, <laughs> like we were old. Or like the <laughs> big girls taking care of these seven and eight year olds, like and Oh my gosh. I so really think about time, that. So I'm like, what was happening? <laughs> we did not have to shower for mm-hmm. like mom finally got mom finally got smart and used to French braid our hair into super tight braids before we would leave on like a Friday and we would come home with them, like just in a messier version on Sunday night. But yeah, the one time we went to LBI and it was like midnight and one of the girls came into our room and she's like, so a couple of the dads are missing. And they said that they went out to go get bread and milk, but that was like four hours ago. And I heard them talking about Atlantic city at one point. And I think that that's where they are. <laughs> yeah. Because every time that we would go away in general, they would play 
poker games yeah, all that hours. Would bring and it's like, that, like not that yeah, green felt for, mat. Yeah, for craps. But I think about that so often as a parent now because as a kid, we literally had no clue. We were just excited to go and be with our girlfriends and like our dads would like let us do what we wanted. And it was always so much fun. But as a parent, I do think about how much fun hopefully the dads were having in it because they were probably like, are you kidding? This me? is a the weekend away. More fun. Yeah. Yes. We're just going to stay up the and drink and play. So much yeah. Fun. Like cards. And I'm like, wow, that was probably highlights of I mean I again I hope so that's probably they let us run wild in this campground that yeah Yeah. there wasn't really like any you know there was nothing to worry about (laughs) and we just would like do our dances and make up our talent show and they would I just think it was that we would never understand why they were so tired the next day Mm -hmm. and like in reality they were all hungover and we (laughs) let's Yes. Yes. I remember, like the Kabuinka bird was this whole Indian tradition of he would come and what lay these golden golden eggs, and your tribe had to find the golden brick. And I remember find. I guess like Dad must have been in charge of it for like some extended period of time. And I swear it was like I found it. I was like, what? Why is there golden? Why is there golden rocks in our garage? Like it was traumatizing that I found out that my dad was the Kaboinka bird egg dropper. And if you're listening right now, like you're probably like, what the heck is this? But if there's anybody that was in it, you know it how awesome sometimes it was. Sometimes I feel like sometimes I feel like Indian Princess was a fever dream. Yeah, it, I know. <laughs> Did that actually happen? It was way better than Girl Scouts, and it was way better. So fun um, because we got to like we literally just ran wild. Yeah, for we got three to do days straight we while the dads like pulled and drank, and we all <laughs> so, sounds fun. terrible when you say it, but I swear it really was fun. Yeah, no, I promise we were all safe. <laughs> All right, so what is something to kind of move forward? What is something you said you would never do before kids but definitely do now? I feel like I will use them as an excuse if I don't want to do something. <laughs> All right, yes, that's that's always a good one. Sorry. Uh, like oh, time. no, sorry. That's not going to work. It's during Max's nap time. We're like, no, Carter coughed today, so I don't think that it – gonna work smart of us to go out but like I don't know I don't think that I was ever a person that's like my child will never watch tv like I knew that that was not going to be a thing in our house Mm -hmm. it's fun it is like just funny like some of the things that you find yourself saying that you never thought that you would say before I remember like especially when Carter was younger and he would like try to we have a 70 pound pit bull and he would climb on top of her and she wouldn't not budge but I remember one time he was like trying to eat her tail and the fact that saying do not eat you cannot eat the dog's tail (laughs) had to come out of my mouth where it's like yeah you know I never thought that I'd be saying things like that before (laughs) yeah exactly I know it's so crazy the things that you really don't like nobody would understand like I I think that you had something up as a story and it was like only my husband would understand yes. the purple shorts go under the couch so we can hop five times, you know, something silly like that. It's like, yeah, you're, yeah, you guys would get it, but um, most people would not. 
Yeah. All right. So let's move on to being a boy mom. Um, What are some Mm -hmm. of the unique joys and challenges of raising boys that you've experienced as a mom? I think, I think it's definitely a thousand times better than what I thought that it was going Mm -hmm. to be. I don't think that I was ever disappointed in either time that I was found out that I was having boys. I definitely, like I said earlier, I had definitely always wanted a girl just because I love the close relationship that we have with mom. And um, that's just something that I wanted. So it's not that I was ever disappointed either times when I found out that I was having a boy, but it was with Carter, it was like, oh my God, I don't even know what to yeah. do with a boy. And then with Max, it was, how am I going to have another boy that's, I only know Carter. Like, how am I going to have another boy that is different from him mm-hmm. and so I think it's just has been such a like wonderful surprise of how much mm-hmm. like I do really love being a boy mom and not to say that girls wouldn't be cuddly or like but the fact that there are times where Carter will just like come over to me and say like I just want to give you a hug or I just want to give you a kiss or like tonight we sat in his rocking chair which we haven't since he's been in his big boy bed and he just let me rock him for like a good 10 minutes. So just stuff like that, that I wasn't expecting would be happening with boys. Like I just thought that they'd be crazy 24 seven, just those like little tiny moments that like I, I get with them. Like, I feel like I just appreciate so much more, but I, I I don't know. I love it. I love totally like, I totally embrace the, the being a boy mom. Yeah, I uh, I mean, obviously, I'm not a boy mom, but I am a boy mom. Not, I'm not – I have a girl, too. But I felt like when we had Parker, I was like, wait, what do I do with a boy? This is so weird. And he's just the cuddliest little yeah. – he's more cuddly than Willow is or ever was. Um, and so it's like – it is. There, people say, like, there's something about boys that just have this, like, love inside of them. And I totally agree with it. And I think I got, obviously, from the Philadelphia area, people know that with the Kelsey Bowl that yeah. just happened and seeing the interviews with them that they've been having and that they got so emotional and they were like, you know, like this was like mom's, yeah, this was like mom's special time. I just thought that I'm like, oh my God, I hope <laughs> Carter and Max love me that much when Aww. they're older. Like they were just so proud of their mom. And I feel like I, I do remember when, we found out that Carter was a boy, one of my very close friends who it's just him and his brother. They're like, a boy will always take care of their mom. <laughs> you never have to worry about like not being taken care of. And I, I mean, look at dad and yeah. how grandma. Oh, yeah. like, so it's like, yeah, I know that. I mean, hopefully I'll always be taken care of. <laughs> and that will still like want to hug me and like cry. A little yeah. Bit, like, I think that's during you- sports. Definitely will. Well, how do you feel about having to be the mother-in-law on the husband's side one day? I, if anyone does not belong to mom groups on Facebook, I 100% I encourage you to join because <laughs> I don't even really do it for the advice, but more so like the entertainment that's on there. The but I do craziness. feel like 90% of the stories are about mother-in-laws. And I'm like, oh my God, that's going to be mm-hmm. me. And I just 
really hope that like I can break that typical stereotype of a mother-in-law is crazy. I want to have a good relationship with my daughter-in-laws in the future. Like it's not even something that I want to even really think about right now because I have a three and a half year old and yeah. a nine month old that is so far into the future. But I also like, I don't want to fit that mold, mold of like the, the mother-in-law is crazy. I don't want to be around her. Like, I want to be like the fun. Let's yeah. go out and like have some wine and I give, I'll, I will give you your space if you need it. And yeah. I love my son, but like, I'm not going to think that, you know, you can't be a good wife because he's my baby when he's in his thirties. Like I'm not yeah. going to be like that. I say that now. I want to know I know. conversation in 30 years. I'm like, no, let's go to Dr. Carter again. <laughs> All right, so looking ahead, what are some hopes and dreams you have for your boys as they grow up, and how do you plan on supporting them? I mean, I hope that they just, like, are good people. I feel like if they are like their dad, then Mm -hmm. I don't really have a lot to worry about. Very true. Tim is definitely a saint (laughs) and Mm -hmm. very, very patient Mm -hmm. and puts up with a lot, so... I mean, Carter very much has my personality, but I do hope that he has Tim's, uh, definitely Tim's patience and gentleness about him. I don't know if that's the right word. Um, No, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like, I just want them to be good people. And, like, I know they're not going to make great choices all the time. They're they're human. Like, of course, they're going to make mistakes. But, like I said, I want them to feel comfortable coming to me when they make those mistakes and that they you know learn from them obviously and I hope that despite you know that I do freak out that I don't <laughs> traumatize them too much and that like they'll still always like want to hang out with me I think they definitely will how could you not <laughs> so one more topic about working and momming First of all, how do you balance being a working mom? So this is something that I feel like I, I, that the pandemic was almost like a blessing with Mm -hmm. because I feel like it kind of opened a lot of people's eyes up of what what actually is important and what's not. And Mm -hmm. I feel like prior to the pandemic, people were just trying to work as many hours and as late as possible. And it's like, for what? Like, yeah you know, you don't need to be working until nine o'clock at night. Yeah. 90% of what you feel like you have to answer, what you think you have to answer can really wait until the morning. Mm -hmm. And so I know with now having a second, I'm really trying to make it a point that when five o'clock hits that like, I'm done. Mm -hmm. I'm not looking at emails. I'm not answering any emails. I'm really trying to just be present with the kids because I do know I really have a very short window with them on the weekdays and like I don't even really count the mornings as time with them because it's just chaotic we have to do everything as quickly as possible to get out the door to make sure that everyone's getting to where they need to be so like I said at night especially when I go into the office I maybe get two hours max with right them so and work it you know when I just like I said I just had my review and yeah I said for one of my goals that's what I want I want to be able to continue to work on that work and home life balance and my boss was a hundred percent she was 
so supportive of that. And she's like, there's maybe like 2% of emails that need to urgently be answered after hours. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, like it, it just answer it in the morning. Yeah. It's fine. Have that time with your family. And so I really think that that like the pandemic opened up a lot of people's eyes when it came to that, that, you know, yeah. they say if you quit your job or something, they're already looking yeah. for a replacement the next day with your family. That's not going to be the case so yeah make the time and I think that's what I I'm really working on and I feel like since I've been back from maternity leave I have really done a good job of once five o'clock hits like I'm like I'll You're see you in the morning yeah <laughs> I'm not venturing you so how do you think that the expectations though for mothers and fathers differ when it comes to balancing work and family responsibilities I just feel like there's a not even just with like work but you know, if Tim had to travel a lot for work, no one would be yeah. saying to him like, oh, who's going to take care of the kids while you're gone? Yeah. Aren't you going to miss them? I can't believe you're traveling so much. No one would say that to him. Yeah. If with me, there is travel with my job and those would be, well, who's going to watch the kids while right. you're gone? You get 99 questions where husband doesn't get any. Don't. And even just in general, when I go out and without the kids or right. without Tim, oh, who's watching the kids right now? Yeah. It's like, well, no one's watching yeah. them. My husband is parenting them. Right. Like, he's not a babysitter. He's not a backup parent. When I'm not around, we share equal responsibilities with the kids. He does just as much as me. So it really does make me, that is like one thing that makes me really angry about being a mom is how no one ever questions the dads but everybody questions. everyone questions the moms and I hate that and it needs <laughs> to like stop <laughs> yes I totally agree with that we just have a couple of questions left and uh you know now that we talk, talked about a lot of things dealing with motherhood and fitness and overall first question how has motherhood changed you as a person really know if it has I mean of course obviously I have more responsibilities because of the kids but like I still think that I don't think like my personality has changed at all I think that I still am the same person that mm -hmm. I was prior to kids I mean obviously I have different priorities now yeah but I don't think that I don't think that I before that I was this free spirit and now I'm everything needs to be on a schedule yeah. like I still feel like I'm a free spirit I just think that you know I have two little response two more responsibilities yeah. now I I can't go out at we I can't go out every single night we can't if someone asks us to go out we can't just be like okay yeah we'll be right there you know we have to say no to things that we didn't necessarily have to prior to kids but I mean, I still feel like I'm like the same. I don't know. Do you think that I've changed like since being a mom? Like I mean, no. I think that you're just more restricted in what you can and can't do. And you've matured. Right. But I hope yeah. that no one is the same person that they are at 30, that they are, you know, right. and five years later or whatever. But yeah, I think it's. I don't think you've really changed much. Yeah, like, I just think I have more responsibilities yeah. now, but I don't feel like... Your personality is the same. I, it's just yeah. 
like funneled into a different different things I guess yeah what advice would you give first-time mothers I mean it's still like advice that I kind of have to give to myself and that Tim has to like constantly tell me is to just not be so hard on yourself Mm -hmm. I do feel like I mean there's so much pressure on moms through social media and just through society and I think everyone expects themselves to be this perfect mom and their kids to be so well behaved and when they're not they are like I'm the worst mom in the world and that's not the case I mean kids are kids and no matter how many books you read or how many classes you take or how much advice that you get from other people your kids are are who they are and I think like we're all just kind of winging it and we're all hoping for the best and that our kids turn out to be good people. So as long as you're loving them and you feed them and you give them somewhere to sleep, they're going to be okay. All right. I think that's probably a perfect place to stop. Do you have any other, anything else to say before we're done? I mean, I feel like we covered a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I think we covered everything. We did. I um, think we covered everything and more. <laughs> I just feel like my biggest thing is try not to lose yourself in motherhood mm-hmm. because I know so many people it's do. It's so easy to. It's so easy to to just let these little minions run your life and of course they do to an extent, but I promise they will be okay <laughs> if you are not with them 24/7. They will be like, especially I feel like I, I hear all the time that people are afraid to leave their children with their parents or their in-laws. And you have to remember that they raised, raised you yeah. and you turned out okay. And I know that things are different and schedules are different these days, but they're going to keep your kids alive. And if they yeah. throw off their schedule, it's not going to mess up everything that you have worked on worked on yeah months. I definitely agree with that I do not think that I would be surviving without our village of <laughs> parents and in-laws and the kids club at the knack <laughs> because that's like yeah <laughs> that's part of my village that's what too. I'm saying that's why I think I was in yeah like I think that's why I was in like that dark place because like we didn't have our parents where yeah. we just you need a break you cannot yeah, be with you your definitely kids do. it's like, just you cannot do it yeah it's... I love them more than anything but you are not built to have to be with your children 24 7 you need your breaks and I think when we didn't have that even just like a once a month we're trying to get out to have a date night and I think that when we could not have that yeah or you like, didn't have the option can you come over for a couple of hours like so that I can just take a little break when mm-hmm. we didn't have that. I, it just made me appreciate our um, village so much more. Yeah. All right. So that is all for today's episode of our podcast where we dived into the world of fitness and motherhood with my amazing sister. It was truly insightful and inspiring to hear her journey as a mother and the strategies she uses to stay fit and healthy, both physically and mentally. As we wrap up, we want to remind all the moms out there that taking care of yourself is just as important as taking care of your family. As we mentioned right at the end there, it's okay to not have everything figured out and it's okay to ask for help when you need it. 
We hope that our conversation has given you some helpful insights and tips for navigating the ups and downs of motherhood and pursuing your fitness goals no matter what stage of life you're in. Thank you for tuning in. Please make sure to follow along. I'm on Instagram at the running wine mom underscore and Allie is at hot mess underscore mama 19. And I'll put that in the show notes. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, and review the podcast. I hope everyone has a great week. And I wanted to say you know, thank you, Allie, for coming on. And I hope that you enjoyed it. How do you think you did on your first podcast? <laughs> that was fun. Yes. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Very... I told you if there was wine, uh, I would go do it. So, <laughs> Yes, we had wine and it was really enjoyable to just kind of go over everything from motherhood to bringing up some of our childhood past. So thanks. I mean, I feel like this was probably the longest conversation that we've had in three and a half years. Yeah, in a long time. <laughs> in a long time. We didn't have children. Yes, seriously. So Children are in bed. Our husbands are not around right now. And uh, we are enjoying wine and conversation, which is really nice. Um, so thanks for coming on and thanks yeah. for being my first guest. You're and welcome. I enjoyed it. Love you always. And um, yeah, I'll be back next Tuesday with a new episode. We'll see how this guest thing goes when I edit. So maybe there'll be another guest. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> But either way, there'll be something next Hopefully, Tuesday. Hopefully, my voice wasn't too annoying. <laughs> I'm so sure it, wasn't. it was. Sorry. <laughs> I think it sounds pretty similar to mine. So it's probably annoying. But <laughs> all right. Well, cheers. <laughs>